Welcome to the Unapologetic Man Podcast. The only podcast that's all about self-improvement, confidence, success, women, and being a man without making any apologies for it. What is up, gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the UMP. And today, we're going to talk about 10 things we can learn from near-death experiences. Now, this obviously is a very spiritual episode, so if you don't believe in that kind of thing, then beat it. Kick rocks with your head down. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. If you're not into it, then don't listen. And frankly, if you don't agree with me, I don't want to hear about it because I'm doing this to try to help you guys out. I've given you thousands of hours of free content, and this is what I want to talk about today, so this is what we're going to talk about. You've got 440 plus episodes to go through if this isn't what you want to hear about. So no hard feelings if this isn't your cup of tea. I'm sorry, I can't help you with that. See you later. See you in the next episode. For those of you who are still here, what I want to do in this episode is talk about what people experience in these NDEs, near-death experiences, why I think they're absolutely real despite a lot of the concerns that people bring up as to how these might be hallucinations, just the brain doing its final firing of synapses and giving us a bunch of hallucinations and why I think that that's not true. And also what we can learn about the art of living from what people report having had these near-death experiences. So before I jump into the content, I want to give this a quick premise. I'm really into spirituality. I'm really curious as to what the purpose of life is, how to live life the best way possible, why we're here. I mean, don't you ask yourself that question every day like I do? Because all I do is think about it. I'm literally obsessed with why we're here and I'm super interested in spirituality, the law of attraction, the purpose of life, how we can maximize ourselves and like what the fuck purpose is it for us to be here? And I definitely have my opinion on that. And because I'm so obsessed with this, I've spent decades researching it. I've read hundreds of books, listened to thousands and thousands of hours of audiobooks from Christianity to Buddhism to Hinduism, Islam to the Upanishads to Zen Buddhism, the Tao Te Ching, Course in Miracles, Conversations with God. I've read all that stuff and I find it absolutely fascinating. And the one thing I have determined is that everything is pretty much saying the same thing. And I'm going to do a podcast episode about that. But right now, I want to talk about near-death experiences, which, of course, is when somebody dies, has an experience in the quote-unquote afterlife, and comes back. And the reason I'm recording this episode now is because I've been doing a three-month dive into near-death experiences. I've been watching tons of YouTube channels on it, tons of videos, and I just read a book called After. And this was a scientific study of near-death experiences from a self-proclaimed cynic who didn't believe in this stuff. He was a doctor and he really researched it, spent 20 plus years, I think it was actually 30 years researching this. And his name was Dr. Bruce Grayson, MD. And the book is called After. And it approaches NDEs from a very scientific perspective. And it just solidifies my belief that these are real. So a near-death experience, once again, is when somebody dies comes up out of their body, will oftentimes look down and see themselves being operated on or see themselves in an explosion or an accident or a surgery or whatever situation they happen to die in. And then as we all know, they go to the light sometimes. They have experiences with loved ones who have already died. And occasionally they'll meet their maker and occasionally they'll have what's called a life review. They'll get to review their life. So 
I want to go through some of those elements and why I believe this is actually real and what it is that I've really taken away from these near-death experiences as to what I feel the purpose of life is and how we can leverage this information to live better, to be better people. And when we do arrive on our deathbed, look back with a smile on our face and love in our heart for doing the right thing. Now, some of you listeners might have clicked on this. You've never heard of me before. You don't know what I do, but I'm actually a dating coach for men. And one of the things I think is overlooked in this niche, in this genre is self-development. You know, a lot of my colleagues, a lot of people who do what I do, teach their clients a lot about what to say to girls, how to be confident, how to get a date, what to text her. And I teach that too. But what I think is often overlooked is what I call the art of living, how to live the best way possible, how to develop yourself into the man that you were incarnated into this life to become so that when you die, you can look back and say, yeah, man, I took the cards I was dealt and I made the meanest hand possible. And in my opinion, a lot of those answers lie in spirituality. There's a lot of truths that are told not only in the Bible, but also things like the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads, the Tao Te Ching, Course in Miracles, Conversations with God, myriad of books on the law of attraction, myriad of books on what happens in the afterlife. And of course, all those videos and books and all these accounts that I've read about near-death experiences. So when people typically die, the first thing I want to point out is that they come back unafraid of death. Almost 100% of people who had near-death experiences no longer fear death after they've had that experience. And the reason that is, according to them, is that they realize that life is guaranteed, that this is just an illusion this body that we're living in actually isn't real. It's just a meat sack. And I love the evidence that God places before us. And by the way, I'm gonna talk about what I believe and I'm not trying to convince you of anything. So take this for what it is, bro. Like I'm not trying to convince you, take it with a grain of salt, filter this through your own belief systems, filter this through who you are as a man, take what you want, leave out the rest. I'm just talking about what I wanna talk about. If you wanna listen, that's cool. If you don't, then kick rocks. So what I believe is that God, the creator, source energy, whatever you want to call it, the universe, set up this illusion in order for us to experience what we are not so that we can wake up again to what we really are. And this is just an illusion. And one of the Easter eggs the creator has hidden was the fact that your body is 99.99% empty space. The distance between the atoms in your body is so vast it's almost more than the goddamn solar system between stars. In fact, if you look out at the stars, that's about the distance that we have in the atoms in our body. And yes, the universe is just a representation of what your body is, an internal universe that expands forever smaller and smaller and smaller and expands forever bigger and bigger and bigger. Let that fuck your mind for a few minutes. So as they pass on to the other side, they look back at their body and they don't even feel that it's them. They feel it's just a meat sack that's a vehicle for them to experience this life in, and they have almost no attachment to it. While they're looking back, they also realize that what they are as they're looking, that point of consciousness, is what they really are. Things are clearer. They can think much faster. They can see in 360 degrees. They can see through walls. They can travel instantaneously as fast as they can think. And the one big thing that convinces me that this is real, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard about this, is reports of conversations 
that happen in a room that they weren't even in during their near-death experience. And this is reported in thousands and thousands and thousands of testimonials where they'll be on the operating room, for example, getting open-heart surgery. They'll die, technically. They'll float out of their body and they'll go up usually to a point on the ceiling where that's their consciousness and they can see everything that's happening. As they're looking down, they're seeing certain things happening. They're hearing the conversation. What's really interesting is they know everything about the people who are in the room as if it's them. And that also points to oneness. I am you, you are me, and that's the point of namaste. The spirit in me sees the spirit in you, and we are in fact one. So they look down on a doctor and they know his entire life story. They can see traumas from his childhood. They can feel what he's feeling. They can read his thoughts. Then they go over to the nurse and they do the exact same thing with her. Then they travel to the waiting room where their mom is in there. And the mom is having a conversation with their sister. And the near-death experiencer, the spirit, if you will, is looking down and observing all this, hearing all of it. And then when he or she comes back into their body and comes back to life, they report back, hey, I saw my mom and my sister in the waiting room talking about X, Y, Z. My mom was wearing this. My sister was wearing that. They said this, that, and the third. And the doctors, as well as family, are like, how the fuck could you possibly know this? And this has happened thousands upon thousands of times. I have watched so many reports of this where they get information about things they couldn't possibly know. And no, it wasn't accidentally reported to them when they were sleeping, or no, they weren't unconscious and they heard the conversation. There's shit that's happened that they cannot substantiate via scientific evidence and the scientific method, which is what that book after is about that I found very interesting. I mean, this guy was a complete skeptic. He took it from the most rigorous scientific angle he possibly could and was still convinced that these things are real. So oftentimes, as you guys have heard, there's a tunnel and there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Reports say over and over again that the light bathes you in the most unconditional love you could possibly ever experience. And oftentimes, near-death experiencers say that it feels infinitely more real on the other side than it does in this life. That that's reality and this is an illusion that they can't possibly use the limitation of words, as I'm trying to do now, to explain the beauty, to explain the level of unconditional love, to explain the experience and any kind of detail that people can relate to. But in case after case after case, it's always love. It's always forgiveness. There's no judgment. And I hate to say to you guys, some of you who believe this, there's no hell. Hell is an illusion. And in my opinion, the word hell is basically something that you create for yourself on earth by sinning, and sinning means missing the mark, doing shit that attracts to you negativity and puts you in hell. For example, being a murderer, being a thief, killing people and stealing from them, you are going to attract yourself a miserable life and you are going to be in hell. That's how I interpret hell in certain religions. But what near-death experiencers say pretty much to a man is that there's no hell, it's unconditional love, it does not matter what you did in that lifetime because God is both the precious and the provocative. He or she is both the good and the bad. And the reason, the point, there's ego, the point there's negativity, the point there's war and hatred and vice and suffering is so that we can wake up to what we really are, which is pure love. And when people go into that light, they report it over and over again. It is unconditional love and you are forgiven. There is no judgment. 
but instead you are bathed in unconditional love. Because I'll tell you what, any mistakes that you made in your lifetime, I would have made the same mistakes too if I was in your consciousness and in your body in the same situation. You would have made the same mistakes I would have. And we both would have made the same mistakes that some drug addict in Kensington, Pennsylvania, addicted to fentanyl, who is robbing people and is in a state of depravity that you and I can hardly even imagine, we would be in that same state too. So how could there be judgment on something that everybody would experience? And let me ask you this, if God didn't want us to do certain things, then why would he create the possibility for them to happen? This is just my viewpoint, boys. You can agree with me or disagree with me. And listen, I really don't want to get into discussion about this. So please don't email me with your beliefs. I honestly don't want to hear it. If you have had a near-death experience and you want to email me, I'd love to jump on the phone and talk to you. But other than that, I'm not down to engage in this because I know there will be a lot of contrary opinions to this. This is just my viewpoint from my two decades of experience. So going back to the experience of God, they are forgiven. And what usually happens is they see the person or deity that they believe in. Christians will experience Jesus Christ. Buddhists will experience Buddha. Hindus will experience Ganesh or Shiva or whoever it is that they relate to. Now, deeper into my research, particularly from the book Conversations with God, and if you want to know the purpose of life and you're open to this kind of shit, if you're resonating with what I'm saying, I cannot suggest that book strongly enough. I suggest you get books one, two, and three. You can also get it on Audible. I listen to that so often, I almost have it memorized. It's almost like my private entertainment. I don't talk a lot about it on this podcast, but it has helped me tremendously in living my life effectively and, yes, getting happiness and peace. Einstein said the most important decision you ever make is whether or not you believe in a benevolent or malevolent universe. Benevolence, of course, means love. Malevolence, of course, means hate. Do you believe that there's a fundamental good purpose to this life? Or do you believe that it's just random? We just showed up here. Evolution takes place. And when the lights turn off, that's it. That is the most important decision you ever make. And I have faith. And the way that I look at it is you can take 99 steps up to the castle, but the final step is a step of faith. And I have that. I believe in God. And actually, 92% of people believe in God. So I'm not alone with that. And I'm sure a lot of you listening believe that there's something more going on. I mean, I could go on and on about the impossibility of us just showing up randomly with the complexity of life, not to mention the fact that every single person who has achieved the state that we're all going for, which in my opinion is enlightenment, tells us to a man, to a master, to a deity, that the purpose of life is love and there is a bigger purpose for this. As Eckhart Tolle says, you are here to enable the divine purpose of the universe to unfold. That's how important you are. So when they meet God, their maker, or Jesus Christ, or Buddha, or whoever it is that they believe in, the reason they meet them, and this comes from conversations with God, is because you create your own death. Not only are you creating your own life, but you also create your death in the afterlife and you create every experience you're going to have for eternity as you incarnate into body after body to wake up to what you truly are, which is pure love. So in that experience, oftentimes they'll meet loved ones. They'll be shown certain things about the nature of life, some of those things that I've talked about just now. And they're also occasionally given messages to give back to certain people on the other side that turn out to be true. There are hundreds, if not thousands of cases where they come back and they have to tell somebody that they have cancer or they come back and they know that a certain event is going to happen. One lady knew that 9-11 was going to happen and she purposely wasn't in New York that day because she knew on September 11, 2001, that was going to happen. Listen, believe it or not, 
I think there's more to this life than a lot of us know. And I think it's a multidimensional, beautifully complex system that is bigger than we think it is. So be open-minded. That's my only advice. And that's the only thing I'd hope you do in this episode. Now, here's the thing I really want to talk about as far as what can we learn from these near-death experiences. And that is the life review. So one of the cool things that most near-death experiencers report is that you have a life review. You get to relive all those things that happen to you. But here's the cool part. You also get to relive it from the other person's perspective. And the one question that's asked without judgment is, did you love in that situation or were you a hater? Did you act through ego, through greed, through those seven deadly sins? And people say that while there's no such thing as hell, Going through certain situations where you stabbed somebody in the back, took advantage of somebody, you were a general taker, living it through their body, you get to experience what it was like for them, and that is hell because you feel so horrible about what you did. But apparently, there's no judgment. God is loving, and love is unconditional. He's not going to send you to hell because you masturbated one day or you didn't do what he wanted. Why would he send you to hell when if he's the creator, he could just cause you not to do that thing? That's one of my questions. Don't email me, please, God. You Christians, don't fucking email me. I, I don't want to hear it, okay? I've had so many of these discussions. I, I don't want to have any more. This is what I believe. You hold on to what you believe and be strong in your frame, bro. You don't need to be convinced or convince others of what you believe. Believe it because you too are probably right. You and I probably believe 99.99% of the same shit. It's just that final step up to the castle. That's an act of faith. So hold on to your faith. You don't need to tell me about it. So when they do the life review, they get to experience everything again and they get to experience from the other person's side. And the question is, how much did you love? Now, here's the thing that I think God, Source Energy, Universe has also implanted into our experience, and that is the law of attraction. The crazy counterintuitive thing about life is the more you give, the more you get back. The more you let go of, the more you possess. The more you love something, the more you're willing to let it go and be who it is. So when acting in life, the one thing I've taken through this is be kind, be loving, do what's right. And how do you know what's right and what's wrong? I always say this, what's right is that which creates peace and love for others. What's wrong is that which creates suffering and hatred, both for others and for yourself. So when we act through what's right, and that's one of the beautiful things about Christianity is they have a very good grasp on what's morally, quote unquote, right and what's wrong. The problem is guilt comes in, which I completely disagree with. But when it comes to Christianity, they understand what sin is. When you sin, you attract yourself negative circumstances and suffering, and thus you go to hell. When you act through love, which is to do that which is righteous, you attract yourself that which is beautiful, loving, and peaceful, and thus you experience heaven. So in the life review, you get to see how you affected other people, live it both from your perspective and their perspective, and see where your mistakes were. And there isn't damnation, there isn't condemnation because the mistakes also have a purpose. The purpose of black is to set up the comparison to white so that you have a full picture. If everything is white, how can you know white? Think about that. And this is the great conundrum that the universe, God, source energy went through. How can I know I'm love if everything is love? If I'm all loving, how could I know it? It's to set up black. It's to set up hatred, ego, and suffering to set up that comparison. 
And in many spiritual texts, death is referred to as the greatest thing that will ever happen to you because you're released from this. You're released from the limitations of the body. Some of you guys have physical ailments. Maybe you can't see, you can't hear, you walk with a limp, your fucking hip hurts constantly as mine does. When you go to the other side, all that is released and you realize it was just an illusion, an illusion that was created with your own mind that you chose to come into this life. You didn't plan everything out, but you chose the tools, you set up the circumstances, you built the foundation of the building, and then you fill that in with free choice throughout your life, and you do it over and over and over again until you wake up, enlightenment to what you really are. Again, just my belief, take it or leave it, I honestly don't care what you believe because it doesn't matter, right? If this is true, and if there is a benevolent purpose to this, then it's bigger than either your mind or my mind can understand. So all this is just mental masturbation. But here's the thing again that I want you guys to take from this. I believe NDEs are real. And I believe if you research it for even two hours of time, you too will be convinced they're real. I also believe reincarnation is real. There's a fuck ton of evidence for that. An absolute fucking treasure trove if you look into that. Now, yes, I'm a little out there with my beliefs, but I believe it. So if NDEs are real, and if what people say is real, then we can be confident that A, God is unconditional love and there is a purpose for this and it goes on forever and ever. Think about that. Continues forever and ever. Doesn't that give you some peace? You don't have to stress out so much and worry so much. You can kind of relax into it and let it unfold. Let it be breathed by God. Let go and let God, as people often say. So it goes on forever and ever. It's benevolent. It's loving. There's a purpose for it. And what you really are is not this body. So you don't get so attached to things and reputation and how many girls you've banged and how much money you're making. That becomes so insignificant in the bigger scheme of things. And this is what near-death experiencers always report back. Watch those videos and look how clear their eyes are. Watch those videos and see how happy and peaceful they are and full of love. And they don't fear death anymore. And they say over and over again, the purpose here is to love, is to experience, is to just create yourself in the next best version of who you think you really are. Because brother, I don't care if you believe in God or not, there is so much evidence to corroborate the fact that you are a very powerful creator. I believe that you too are a God. You are a part of God who's individualized himself into you, me, and all the other people listening to this episode so that we can have this experience of separation so we can wake up again to what we really are, which is oneness. You are an extremely powerful creator and you attract yourself via your thinking. And this is why I love NLP because it removes all those thoughts that are going to attract to yourself negative circumstances and suffering. And it replaces all those thoughts that's going to attract to yourself happiness and peace. And the big message I take from near-death experiences is be loving and give, 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 give. Because when you give, you get back. And when you have your life review, are you going to look at the life you live and be proud? Are you going to say like, yeah, I acted through love. I treated people correctly. Or are you going to say, man, I really sank into that ego. I bought into the illusion and I created more suffering. What is going to be your answer? So the things I take from near-death experiences is that death is an illusion. When you come out of your body, you get to reunite with those people who have passed before you. And what's really interesting, whole different conversation, is they say that you also get to reunite with people who are still on earth because time is an illusion and we exist at all places at once. Wrap your mind around that one. 
The third thing is that people see and hear conversations. There's no way they could have heard when they're freaking dead with the heart rate monitor going beep and they're hearing a conversation at the end of the hospital or even in different locations miles away between two people who they would never be able to know what they were talking about unless they were there. Their consciousness was there listening to it. Four is when it happens, brother, go towards that light and let it bathe you, let it cleanse you of all those things that are ailing you in this lifetime. Apparently, it's the most unbelievable experience. Number five is during your life review, you are going to relive everything that happened to you and you're going to experience it both from your perspective and the other person's perspective. So number six, be loving, give, choose to be a giver in this lifetime, choose to add value to people's life and stop being a fucking taker. That is an illusion that is given to you so that you can overcome it. Number seven is this life is eternal. It never ends. It keeps going. Whether or not you believe as I do in reincarnation, 92% of you guys believe in God. And I would assume that you believe that there's something more. So we can fear death less and less and understand as near-death experiencers understand that death is the best thing that will ever happen to you in this lifetime. Number eight is there is no hell. Hell is a great illusion that is created here on earth when you attract yourself via sin, doing which is selfish, suffering and hatred in a life that frankly fucking sucks. My ninth point is that the most important decision you ever make is whether or not you live in a benevolent or malevolent universe. I challenge you, brother, to think about that, to really think about the purpose of life. And if you want, there's a few books that I suggest. One of them is the Tao Te Ching. The next one is Conversations with God. The next one is The Power of Now. I also suggest the Upanishads as well as A Course in Miracles. Those are probably the big five that completely changed my life. And the 10th lesson that we can experience from near-death experiencers is that we are all one. We are individuations of the same God, the same consciousness. You are me, I am you, so let's be kind to each other. No more of this selfishness, no more of this hatred, no more of trying to get one over on the other person and hating on them because you're jealous of them and you're acting out of fear. When you give, when you act as love, when you see that other person as yourself in a different incarnation, doing the best he or she can, you are able to act from your true nature, which I believe is love. Your ego is an illusion. Hatred is an illusion. Suffering is an illusion. And when you realize that, even if this podcast helped you get one step closer to that castle, then my work here has done its job. But you know what? Even if it didn't, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I certainly did. You know, I was thinking about not recording this because I know there's a lot of haters out there. I know there's a lot of people who wouldn't resonate with it. But at the end of the day, I teach you guys to be unapologetic about who you are. Believe what you believe. Be who you are. And don't apologize for it. And if this is what you like talking about, then fucking talk about it. Be it. You know, I don't believe in what Christians believe. I actually just lost a really good friend because he was ultra super Christian and I wasn't, he couldn't deal with it. And sometimes I have a little bit of a problem with Christianity, but ultimately I think it does a lot of positive for the world. We focus on all the negativity it's brought. And yeah, I do agree with you to some extent that it's a largely fear-based religion, especially Catholicism. But with all religions, they're doing the best they can. There's been tons of misinterpretation, but ultimately they all say the same thing. When you really get down to the nitty gritty and you really research this shit, you realize every single religion says the same thing. God is love. The purpose is benevolent. This continues on. And you are so much more powerful than you believe. So step into your power, 
Choose your thoughts carefully and give, brother. Act through love. When you act through love, everything will work out for you. It is literally the answer to all your problems. Gentlemen, I draw podcasts on Mondays and Thursdays. I sincerely appreciate you listening to this one. Once again, I really don't want to hear about your beliefs. I don't want to get into a discussion about this. I'm frankly just too busy. However, if you yourself have had a near-death experience or you can put me in touch with somebody who has, I would love to talk to you. I would love to talk to them. I'm super interested in it. And I just want to hear from somebody personally about what their experience was because I believe you, man. I'm not going to look at you with wrinkled eyebrows. I'm going to be like, I believe you 100 fucking percent. So be honest with me and tell me what your experience was. I would love to hear it. I appreciate you listening, gentlemen, and I will see you in the next episode. Ah!